Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. All right, welcome everybody to episode 39 of Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast. I am your solo host this week, Josh Rohr. Laura Sturm is in the process of moving and uh, I cannot, I cannot um, guarantee how today's going to go. So listen at your own, at your own risk. I uh, just want to give a quick reminder. We do stream live while we record each episode. So join us at Monday, join us Mondays at noon Eastern time. Instagram live at PL ballads podcast. And also don't forget to check out team roar on Instagram uh, for all your powerlifting coaching needs and a couple meet updates for Georgia real quick. Uh, The state meet is currently at 128 lifters. They have closed registration. Um, They did start a wait list. So if you are planning to lift at the Georgia state meet and have not signed up, make sure you get up, uh, get signed up on that, that wait list. Um, The Atlanta open is also getting, closer to full it is at 73 lifters right now so if you're interested in either of those events you can check out usaplgeorgia.com to get more information all right let's get right to it our listener top five somebody's got some noise in the background if you guys could shut that off um our top five uh we will start with ben green last week his number five album i think i said songs again but album is what i'm trying to say uh, so his number five last week was rock set looks sharp. And this week he reveals his number four, which is Bonnie Tyler faster than the speed of night. Joining us to defend this list is Mr. Ben green. Ben, what do you have to say about that? So I guess, let me start off. I feel like I need to be defensive because they're a little on the girlish side. Um, a but, little. um, both albums um, that I actually own and have on my phone and actually use for powerlifting, which sounds insane because they're not metal or rap or something. And the reason is because there's situations where I struggle with over arousal. Um, and so I, I've actually used Roxette at meets um, to bench equipped because I found that like, you know, huffing ammonia and listening to death metal um, too, too aroused. Um, so yeah, so both albums that I've got actually on my phone and the Bonnie Tyler, I mean, can you get any more quintessential eighties flash dance? Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my defense of my, uh, number four and number five. I like it. Does anybody have any, uh, input on that? I mean, I I was interested to hear the, I was interested to hear the explanation. It was not something that I was expecting out of, out of your list. I actually listened to both albums. Um, I remember the Roxette album uh, when it, when it came out. Um, well, you know, I mean, the look was a really popular song uh, um, that I, this, this is the song that I like. but they had a bunch of uh, great hits off that, that particular album. Um, there was dangerous stress for success. Those were number two and number 14 hits. Uh, and then there was Listen to Your Heart, which is their blockbuster hit, which that was the number one hit. Um, I just think it's an easily forgettable uh, uh, album. Um, it, it, and it, I mean, from a Swedish band, so personally. Um, and then the Bonnie Tyler album, 
the song that I like by Bonnie Tyler isn't on this album, and it's off the Footloose soundtrack. We need a hero. So that is the if if I think of Bonnie Tyler, that's the album I think of. Where Faster Than the Speed of the Night is largely just a rework cover album, uh, um, with a bunch of with, with a bunch of covers on it. Um, You're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad album. I think it's a great album. Uh, uh, but it it is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's got, it's, it's got, uh, have you seen the rain, which is a CCR cover, uh, um, going through the motions, which is a blue oyster, oyster cult cover. Uh, it's got straight from the heart, which is a Brian Adams cover and take me back, which is a Billy Cross cover. So, um, they're all great songs in their own right. I just don't know that I, I would include it, uh, uh, on a, on a, on my, on my uh, uh, top five list. It does have Total Clips of the Heart, which is, that's an amazing song. I will say that. Yeah, and I, I will say real quick, the, uh, so the Rock Set Looks Sharp album number five, uh, the look is actually, I gave my top, like, I gave my songs for every attempt uh, a while back and I had two deadlift songs, third deadlift songs that were hip hop, but my number three, if I were to give three songs would be Rock Set, The Look, uh, funny enough. And that's third attempt deadlift. So that that ranks third attempt deadlift song ranks pretty high. But but that's you know other than that, you know that's the only song that's like really really high on my list. So you know I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue. It's these, interesting. It's interesting from an arousal curve though that like I say rock set because I want to be like not super aroused like for equipped bench. And arousal curve for you. This is like third attempt deadlift. It's third attempt deadlift. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why it just that works song, for me. Though, is a, that's a great song though. The look is a that's that's probably my favorite Roxette song. Yeah. Okay. So just show of hands. Uh, give give this the number five and number four a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Everybody. We got we got two thumbs up and one thumbs down. So two to one. So two to one. It's a good <laughs> list. All right, we're going to move on to Chris Elmore. His number five song last week was Jane's or number five album, album. I'm sorry, was Jane's Addiction, Nothing Shocking. And his number four album this week is Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil. Chris, your defense of this. Uh, I didn't choose songs based on, on uh, powerlifting. I, I would say the number five album, Jane's Addiction, Nothing Shocking, is an important album. Uh, and it, it's really important if you like tool if you like uh, um pearl jam if you like smashing pumpkins Soundgarden, or any of the other 90s alternative bands like nirvana that exploded this is the precursor album to all alternative rock music that came out in the late late 1989 early 1990s um and all those bands cite jane's addiction as being the primary influence for that style of music it has everything from big Led Zeppelin style riffs to progressive metal in it, uh, to swing to a little bit of everything in the in the album. Um, it also brought back Lava. It, it started Lollapalooza, which was returned to outdoor uh, rock festivals uh, that were very very prevalent in the 1990s. So from a from a, a landmark album standpoint, I mean that's why it's on the that's why that's at number five, and I think it's a it's a great example of. What was to come in the early 1990s um number four uh is was shout at the devil with, by motley Crue. it's there uh because it's just an epic album um that album encompassed everything that the sunset strip was in the early 1980s um 
all the excess, everything else. It has, um, it's everything that drove Tipper Gore mad uh, in the early 1980s with um, the PMRC, um, with all the satanic imagery and the back masking that they included in the albums and, and everything else. And the songs on it are just, are, are just incredible. Um, the entire album is great. Um, my actual favorite song off that album is the cover, the Beatles cover of Helter Skelter. Um, I think they did it better than the Beatles off the White Album. So um, that, that's, that's my defense of, of those two albums. All right. Anybody have any objections to those, that order and those two albums? All right. We'll give it a quick thumbs up, thumbs down from our panel. Ben, Amy, Cindy, thumbs up or down for the list. All right, two to one. Ben gave it a Ben gave it a no list. Two to one, so it passes. All right, uh, we'll move on to Cindy Yeager. Her number five album last week was Janet Jackson Control. Number four this week is U two Joshua Tree. Cindy, what do you got to say about it? So um, mine are are more so not necessarily all. Toward, geared towards um, powerlifting as well. Um, a lot of the music I, live, I listen to is very broad scale um, from choir and Broadway all the way to classical to a little bit of heavy metal. I'm not a real big um, heavy metal, but pop is probably my biggest area, hence Janet Jackson. Um, and then just the epic dancing. I mean, the 80s was known for their videos um, so if you go back and you watch a lot of the Janet Jackson videos, especially even off of this album, the dancing in that is just amazing. And, um, if you ever catch any of my videos when I'm lifting right before and after I'm usually dancing, um, before I get up to the bar. So, you know, just kind of goes with it. Um, YouTube's Joshua Tree. Uh, what I love about this album is um, a lot of th the reason why they made it. Um, it was really a, a shout out to America and the vast freedom um, within America and the lands and everything else, but also because of um, the streets of that ha streets have no name is probably my favorite song because it's it's talking about stripping off titles. Um, the song was was geared towards the Netherlands and how in the Netherlands that how um you are your status is kind of known depending on the street that you're living on so the whole thing about stripping off and had streets with no names and just kind of living to be who you are um just to me was just an epic song and of course just easy to sing to and and kind of just you know get into a groove with but so kind of the reasons why i picked those both of those albums cool anybody have any uh arguments against those Seeing seeing U2 on, on her list actually got me to listen to some U2. And I was like, I hate U2. U2 sucks. And then I started listening and I'm like, oh, that's U2? And I'm like, oh, wait, that one's U2 also? Son of a, like, I I, I think I actually like U2. Um, so <laughs> I think they're work. both great albums. Um, I'm surprised that you put U2 ahead of Janet Jackson's Control. Um, I think... Control is a super important album. Um, it, it's the precursor album to all of New Jack Swing, um, which blew up virtually every uh, uh, chart over the next decade, uh, as far as R&B concern, is concerned. Um, the the list of people that that album influenced is, I mean, goes from Patti LaBelle mm -hmm. in the, later in her career to 
to Donna Summers to, you know, uh, um, New Kids on the Block. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge, a hugely important album. I think it's more important than her brother's album, Thriller, uh, as far as what it did. My knock against the album is that she didn't actually write any of the music or the lyrics. Uh, that was done by a group called The Time. Um, two guys from a group called The Time, mm -hmm. which was founded by Prince in 1981. Mm -hmm. um, and they're the ones that came up with the new Jack Swing. Uh, um, they're the ones that came up with the new Jack's, Jack Swing theme. Uh, um, so, but it's a, it's a hugely important album. I, I, I love the album. I listened to it. Uh, I'd never listened to this album cover to cover. Um, I listened to it certainly when it came out. Um, it was all over the place. But it's a it's a fantastic album. I think a lot of people would point to uh, is her next album, which is eighteen fourteen rhythm nation. Um, uh, mm -hmm. But I think this album is the one that really defines her. Um, as far as you two, the Joshua Tree goes, I think that's a great album as well. But it's only half of an album because the B side of it is is only has one decent song on it, uh, which is the last uh, song, Mothers of the Disappeared. But the first mm -hmm. four songs. Uh, that open up uh, uh, the album are probably the best four songs in in sequence of any rock album ever. So I give it two thumbs up. Oh, you can only give one. So I, we're going to take the official. Well, go sorry, go ahead, Cindy. Your rebuttal. I was going to say well, and I part of the problem that I had with picking an album out of the '80s is a lot of the songs that I remember. And when I was going back, and I'm like, oh, I love this group. They were more out of the '70s. Their albums came out in the late '70s, but you were they really became popular in the early 80s. So it was really hard for me to find a couple of the albums that I really liked that were more generated out of the 1980s. So just a lot of the bands, you know, they just, they had that staying power, which they do today. You, any of the bands that you hear of her that we've been talking about, they've got that staying power even today. You hear that music, you know who it is. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to a quick uh, thumbs up, thumbs down from our panel on this list so far from Cindy. All right, we got three thumbs up. All three all of you three. gave it a thumbs up. Thumbs awesome. Up. awesome. All right, uh, we will move on to. So, for those listening, we are going through our listener submitted top fives. Uh, our next up is Stacy Metcalf. She's actually not joining us on here today, but she is. She is listening live. Uh, her number five album last week was Billy Idol Rebel Yell. And number four this week is Aerosmith Permanent Vacation. So those of you that are on, any thoughts on this? Negative? Okay. So we'll, we'll go to a quick thumbs up, thumbs down, and then move on. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down from our panel. Uh, all right. We got four thumbs up. Very good. All right. Our last listener submitted album top five amy pancake uh her number five album was acdc back in black number four album is prince purple rain amy what do you got to say yeah. about this all right well um as far as back in black so uh, for the most part i pick my music based on either how I'm feeling. I, I listen to a, a big range of music as well. So either how I'm, how I'm feeling at the time or most importantly, like what memories it brings back for me. So the eighties was just, you know, I, for me, that's the best decade of music ever, but, <laughs> but ex all the rest of my albums, except for back in black. And we can talk 
about that at another time. We're usually based around cars, like my car or my dad's car. You know, I just have these memories of, of listening to this music as I'm driving. Now, back in black, that was a little earlier. I was in middle school when that album came out, but um, my parents were huge music fans and we had this like humongous back in the day, you know, um, what do you even call them? Radio uh, album players, <laughs> stereos <laughs> that plays the album. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the needle and the, <laughs> and so my parents had this huge record collection and I was never allowed to touch these things when they weren't home. But what did I do when they went out? I was, you know, seventh grade or whatever. And um, they would leave the house. And the first thing I would do is go and look through all these albums. And um, I just remember Back in Black being this, like, oh, my God, what is this? This is just really, you know, really hard rock music. And I really think that it just sort of set up the eighties for, um, for heavy metal. I, I just think it, it was, uh, just sort of the beginning of that eighties heavy metal era. And if you, if you look at it, a lot of bands today really, um, still use back in black, the song back in black for sound checks. I read that, which I thought was pretty interesting. They use that song for sound checks, um, for their concerts. So Back in Black essentially was just my introduction to the 80s heavy metal, which, you know, continued uh, throughout that decade. Now, Purple Rain. So Purple Rain was um, 1984. And that's the year that I hate to, this definitely ages me, but <laughs> so 1984, I was in high school and I had just started driving and I had this um, it was like a 1973 Chevy Monza, which was <laughs> this old bubble shaped car, but I had the best stereo in this car and I can just, you know, have these memories of just riding around with my friends and, you know, when I lived in a small town and we had one movie theater and the movie Purple Rain came to the theater. So I talked to my mom. I was only 16, but I talked my mom into letting me go to the, to the movies alone with my friends. This was the first time I had ever been to the movies alone. Um, you know, I had never been to a live concert and I was just discovering all of this wonderful music. And that's where I actually discovered Morris Day in the Time, which, <laughs> you know, side piece from, uh, from Purple Rain. But that experience, like I still remember the row of my friends and we're like going crazy over all this music. And then I just wore the album out after that. And it's just for me, like you'll see me give all of your choices thumbs up because for me, it's it's really not about the technical aspects of the music. It's really more about the feeling and the memories that it brings back for you. And all of my choices are based on, I can tell you where I was. I can visualize exactly, you know, the, the, the feeling and my friends and, you know, sneaking my parents records and just that sort of taking me back to, to the day. So I think 
I think all of our choices are very personal and um, no argument from me. <laughs> and I don't think you can argue mine. <laughs> well, on that note, does anybody want to argue? I don't want to argue. I, I think they're both fantastic albums. I mean, Back in Black's the second best-selling album of all time. Just to put it into perspective, the only album that sold more copies is Thriller. So I don't have it in my list only because I'm a bigger fan of Bon Scott. And I like the prior six ACDC albums culminating with Highway to Hell in 1979. That being said, there's zero argument that this album should be on on a list for me. And it's probably the greatest single comeback album of any band ever. so it's a it's a fantastic album. Purple Rain is a masterpiece. Prince is a was an absolute genius, musical genius. Um, Absolutely. I, I'm surprised that you didn't pick 1999, given that you like Car so much because it has a uh, uh, little red Corvette on it. Um, it was close. It was a it was a hard <laughs> choice. But I, I, I mean, you know, the this is probably his his greatest single album, um, and it, it you know it, it it can be on any any list ever. Um, Regardless of, of what kind of list you're making, anybody can make a case for Purple Rain. It's a fantastic album. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the panel. Thumbs up or thumbs down on Amy's list so far? It's That's a thumb. All right. We got four thumbs up. Um, and Stacy's actually uh, watching live on Instagram. She actually said Back in Black should have made her list. Um, so, <laughs> Way to go, uh, Stacy. Yeah. So uh, I agree. Uh, we'll move on to my number, my list. But last week I had number five, Purple Rain. Uh, from Prince and my number four is back in black from ACDC. So the same, the same four and five as Amy, except in reverse (laughs) order. Um, Now the reason, the reason I have it in reverse order is it it really came down to one of my favorite songs is hell's bells. So that, that was the tiebreaker for me and the number of hit songs on that album, uh, hell's bells. What do you do for money? Shoot to thrill back in black. Um, you shook me all night long is played at every single bar, almost every single night. Um, <laughs> and then um, have a drink on me is another, is another really good song. So, you know, the back in black is one of my lifting songs. Hell's bells is one of my favorite songs. And then you shook me all night long is a song that everybody knows. Um, even if they don't, the you told me to come, but I was already there. What else do you need? Album ends. Ends, the whole album ends with rock and roll ain't no riddle man that's yep. it <laughs> and the only other the only other i guess um highway the only other songs like missing from this album that are like really really like top acdc songs in my opinion is you know highway to hell and thunderstruck which is every power lifter knows thunderstruck mm-hmm. oh yeah so if, if even one of those two songs was on this album, it would probably be my number one. But No offense, every crossfitter knows Thunderstruck, because if you've ever had to do wall balls to Thunderstruck, you know that song like the back of your hand. Every army, <laughs> every army aviator knows Thunderstruck, because that's how they get you to sign up for flight school. There's a video <laughs> with Thunderstruck playing in the background. It's just this montage of army helicopters blowing shit up. Um, so, is it really? Yeah, awesome. Thunderstruck wow. is the best recruitment song for any genre of anything. It seems like awesome. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a can't miss. 
All right. Uh, so from the panel, uh, thumb, you guys better I'll give it thumbs up because you gave him <laughs> it was a unanimous <laughs> thumbs up for Amy's list. Uh, and I up promise down. we didn't compare notes. I promise. Thumb, thumbs up or thumbs down <laughs> for my list. All right. We got, we got four thumbs up. Good deal. All right. That was a lot of fun guys. Thanks for, thanks for uh, sharing your thoughts on those. We're going to move on to the powerlifting situation and we're going to go one by one, what your answer would be. Um, so the situation is you are competing at a powerlifting meet and you can only have one of the following option one spotters for the squat. And if you dump the weight, you still get disqualified. Uh, you can have a lift off for the bench press. If you don't have it, you would unrack it by yourself, or you can have spotters. I'm sorry, spotters and loaders for the deadlift, which means if you don't have them, you would have to load your own bar. We'll start with Ben. What would your, what would your choice be on that? I'm going to take the lift off. Um, and I know that it's going to be a controversial answer, but, um, my squat, um, it dies very, very, very quickly. Um, and so like, you know, uh, 95% can look good. And then hundred percent is super grindy. So I would intentionally take kind of an easier third attempt that I was sure I could make. So I wouldn't get DQ'd for dumping the bar. Um, but my bench press, I, I need the lift off, um, probably on an equipped bench. I bet I would have to sacrifice probably like 50 or 60 pounds, something like that. Like the, the equipment would be worthless, um, if I didn't get the lift off. So yeah, that, that's my answer. Gotcha. Uh, Cindy, what's your choice? Um, mine would be squatters for, or spotters for the squat. Um, I rolled a bar over my head too many times that squat scare the heck out of me when I start getting super heavy. Um, and I have a tendency to uh, pull, pull forward versus dropping backwards. So for me, for a full safety thing, I would take the squat or the spotters in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, Amy, what is your choice? Uh, well, I kind of went back and forth on this one. So I think it would depend on the situation. My initial thought was, taking the spotters because same as Cindy, I tend to get forward and, um, you know, that's my problem when I miss a squat, but, um, what I think I would do, and it would depend on where I was in the meet and what my competition was and what the day was like and all that. But I think what I would probably do is take the lift off because, um, the shirt, again, I, I don't think that I could, I could lift off. I could do, uh, you know, a light opener, um, equipped for the squat and do a second decent one and then pass on my third, um, and then take the lift off. Yeah. Yeah. Elmore, what would you pick? I lift off myself quite a bit training uh and i do it in a shirt so it's not I, I don't think i would lose that much at at it um i don't mind loading the bar for deadlift um because i do that all all the time anyway um but i want to be able to put as much weight as i can on the squat uh, um and when, when it starts getting up up there man I, I there's a comfort factor having having spotters there so yeah. And, and for me, I would, um, I would also take spotters for the squat. I think, and, and the only reason I would take that is for the fact that 
if I dump the bar, I'm disqualified. And I think I would give up so much weight in squats, one of my better lifts. So I would give up so much on my total going conservative to make sure I don't do that, that I would actually, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that much up having a handoff person versus not having a handoff person. And I wouldn't, you know, I thought about the loaders for deadlift also, like that probably would actually be my first choice. But then I started thinking about the implications, like I can stall as long as I want. So like, if I need more rest time, I'll just load everything except the collars and the bar's not loaded yet. So I have as much time as I need. <laughs> so that's kind of what, uh, what steered me away from that was the, you know, the, the gamesmanship, if you call it, um, that you could play with that. So, yeah, so the, I would, the, I would take spotters. The, the NGB should vote on this this year to implement these. <laughs> Each lifter at weigh-ins has to pick which one they want. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Shortage. Yeah. So we got one more little segment. Our new lifter tip of the week is if, and when you earn your first medal, write down which meet it was the date and label slash identify the medal for future reference. Do that with every medal thereafter down the road. When you look back and want to know which medal was from which event, this will be helpful. Future. You will appreciate you for it. Anybody have thoughts on that? Yes, agree. I have tons of medals hanging on my rack. <laughs> and I was looking at them the other day and I was flipping them over. And some of them have the date and meat on it. And you think you're good. I, I think I'm going to remember all this stuff, but um, it escapes me. So, yes. Yeah. In the moment, you definitely know and remember. But, you know, uh, you know, this, we're, this, is your, this is year 20 for me. And looking back at some of my medals, like, I can remember every meet very, very distinctively, but I cannot remember which medal go- corresponds to which, which event, you know, some of them are custom medals that have the meet name and everything. And some of them have a little label on the back. So those are, those are givens, but I'd say, you know, over, over 50% of the medals I have are, you know, I, it could, I have no idea. And it would just be nice to be able to put those together. And I just thought that was something that, you know, at least the feeling I had looking through some of the medals of, of mine is like, man, I really wish I knew, you know, like I have the meat t-shirt, like I really wish I knew which metal corresponded to that event and kind of, you know, kind of touching on Amy's explanation of her music, like the feeling of it all, like it's all kind of a sentimental piece that is kind of missing, not knowing the metal part. So I didn't That's, do that for, for a long time. I, I know which metal goes to my first meet uh, because it has the meat printed on the back of the metal. It's like a sticker or something on the back. So I know that one. Um, some of the more important medals I have are framed. Um, so with the meat t-shirts. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree with, I think it's important. Um, but a lot of the ones in between, I just don't know. Uh, but I, I don't care about as much about those either. So Yeah, but fa- fast forward in 20, you know, 20 years looking back, you know, that might change. And I think for me a little bit, you know, I'll just point out, like, you guys are all older than me, but I just want to say that on the record, but, but, (laughs) but, but that is one thing I'm getting to the point, like looking back, like, I do wish I, I kept a better record or just for like my own, like, you know, what do you, whatever you want to call it, scrapbook or, or whatever, just more details of the events and, you know, all of everything that went with it. You know, I think it's just, 
you know, in the moment you don't think about it, you're like, yeah, it's you know not a big deal. But looking back, it is it is a big deal. And I just think that, you know, those are things I wish I would have done is label everything better. So anybody else have any closing being thoughts a, being on being a on, new on but being I I am new to the powerlifting, the competitive powerlifting. Um, so I think it's a great idea. I didn't even think about it until you had posted the question. I've got pictures. Um, so, I mean, I can go back and at least look at the picture and when the picture was taken, but I'd also have to scroll through, you know, a ton of pictures. So kind of did go back now and labeled the, the medals that I have so far. Yeah. Cool. Because right. in 20 years, I probably am not going to remember my name. So, you know, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should write that down too then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my name is. Yeah. Well, my husband and I keep talking about that. It'll be coming home to a new husband every year, every day. So it'll be great. <laughs> that's, that's funny. All right. Well, uh, I really appreciate you guys being on. I think this is a fun discussion. Um, does anybody have any closing thoughts or anything they want to leave with? 80s rock. 80s rock. Agreed. 80s rock. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at PL Ballads Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you want to submit your own top five list, send us a direct message or an email at plballadspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Catch you later. Bye now. Bye. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.